0: what's going on everybody my name is rob and i'm the host of the curated culture a weekly podcast dedicated to dissecting the latest and greatest news from around the world of tech and pop culture now we all know the internet can be a busy noisy place so let us calm that noise for you join us as we discuss the latest and greatest topics from the people and sources that matter most Check us out every Thursday as we jump into fresh, original content, new interviews, and a host of other subjects that we know you'll find interesting. So jump in to whatever your favorite podcast app is and search The Curated Culture. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And in the meantime, we'll catch y'all on the air. and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm not here with Nick. I'm not. And you're probably thinking it's Rob, but you're still wrong. I am here with my lovely, lovely wife, Jamison. It's me. It is you. Did you know that, like, in the first few years, we had you on here and there, and you had you like a little kind of a cult following there for a minute.
1: <laughs> well, I'm back for all my fans.
0: Back for your fans. <laughs> <laughs> So did you just miss being on the show? Is, you know, is that what's going on here?
1: Well, of course. Feeling left out, I guess.
0: Right. I mean, you've done live episodes. You've done some recorded episodes. You know, it's it's been a long time. How long has it been since you've been on a show?
1: Um, Probably, I'd say at least a year and a half.
0: Really? Okay. Well, you're on a show again. This is, we'll call it a special episode.
1: The dust off the cobwebs. How's that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's okay. It, it, it's fashion related. I remember at first you wanted to be a part of the fast fashion episode, but you yeah, wouldn't get it, up in the morning.
1: No, you're recording at like six in the morning and that doesn't happen for me.
0: Well, it was seven, which is a whole hour later. Uh, you could have done it right from bed. We could have had Nick and yourself both on the show and you could have just joined us from bed.
1: I don't know if you know this, but I already have a deep voice, and when I wake up in the morning, I sound even more manly, so they would have just thought it was Nick or Rob on with you anyways.
0: (laughs) Well, we would have said it was Jameson. I'm not sure you would have liked it as much, but still, it's the same same thing applies. But anyways, (laughs) since you missed fast fashion, we figured you can join us for fast furniture. It's a lot like fast fashion just for your house. Oh, sounds like quick! It well, it uh, the more you research it, the more quick you realize it actually is uh, for mo- for more than one reason. But I appreciate you joining and and sharing your insights today.
1: Oh well, hopefully I'm insightful.
0: <laughs> well, we're gonna hold you to it.
1: So, oh good,
0: <laughs> fast no fashion. So when I say fast fashion, what do you think?
1: Fast fashion.
0: Yeah, or haha, here we go. I'm gonna have this problem the whole time. I bet you fast <laughs> furniture because we've done fast fashion.
1: Hmm. Something on wheels. I'm gonna go with something on wheels.
0: Something on wheels. Well, just so you know, yep. to sell myself <laughs> out even more, my notes that I have here say fast fashion.
1: Oh, that's not well. going to help me. That is <laughs> no, not going to help. No, so,
0: not in the slightest. Fast furniture is any furniture that's poorly constructed and cheap that is designed to only last as long as the fad in which it's designed for. Oh, all right. It, it's kind of one of those things for people who like to change their decor. This is a cost effective way to be able to do that is to be able to change it often because it isn't going to last for a long period of time anyways. It either is going to break and that's going to be what's the deciding factor to redo the living room or B, you're just going to decide it anyways and you can afford it because you didn't spend much on this and you're not spending much on the next one.
1: Right, right. I feel like this is any furniture I had in my 20s.
0: Yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> Ikea has made a living off of dorm, wor- dorm room furniture, ah, and true. we'll get into that in a little bit, because Fast fast Furniture, man, this is going to kill me, uh, <laughs> is a $150 billion industry annually. Oh, wow. That is a lot of really cheap bookshelves. Right. Because think about all the, how many times you go to a garage sale, and there's always that, it's usually either black or pretend wood grain book bookshelf two shelves the pressed,
1: uh, press board
0: yeah when you look underneath it it's still sitting on the screws but they've ripped holes and the you know you can see the screw it's just kind of sitting on it instead of being drilled into it anymore because someone right. has pulled up on it that furniture okay. the, st- the stuff that pete like someone has realized that if i sweep up all the shavings and glue them together i can still still make a board
1: well that sounds like you're speaking from experience <laughs> actually you are when we first met you had one of those that you compressed and glued and i'm sure there was duct tape somewhere
0: absolutely
1: (laughs) holding your your school books
0: (laughs) well and that's during that time i was in school so most of the Mm -hmm. things you saw was something i found on the side of the road and went i think i can make that shelf stay there (laughs) and uh so there was a ton of particle board which is bad for a guy my size so (laughs) <laughs> uh, you got to be careful sometimes. But so when I think of uh, when I think of fast furniture, I think of certain stores. Globally, Ikea is one of them. But Amazon is now one of those who deliver it everywhere. When I typed in fast furniture, starting my research, guess the company that put a pop up ad immediately on the very top of Google. So it
1: wasn't Amazon and it wasn't Ikea? Nope uh walmart
0: no actually that's a good guess wayfair I oh all i did was type in fast furniture which by the way when it comes to furniture is kind of derogatory (laughs) and all it was was wayfair everything i saw this ad after ad after ad now my facebook and everything else is all wayfair wayfair (laughs) sells not quite as much as ikea or walmart but they are darn close to global sales in fast furniture, and that's uh, the bulk of what they sell.
1: Well, now, I feel I feel like when Wayfair first started, they were a little more structurally sound than "quote unquote" fast. I mean, I believe that's where we purchased mm-hmm. our our bed from.
0: Yeah, it was, and I had to, and I really had to work to find good quality furniture right. you did but,
1: you looked a lot you looked really hard for yet yeah, each of the details of our bed and the kids's bed and beds mm-hmm. i should say
0: well and it was it wasn't even just online which you almost expect to have to really dig into it online it was going to the local stores you know yeah. i was constantly checking the materials things generally aren't made with all of the wood anymore right it's usually sawdust veneered right And that, you know, that's part of the problem is that any, especially things like bed and couches and chairs, they come apart so easily, you know, it it is something that is not expected to last. They'll pretend like it's going to, we're going to give you a quote unquote two year warranty that if you try to use it will cost you more than a couch (laughs) because you got to ship it to them or something. And that's a lot of stamps. But it's like so Amazon. That's how they do it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's put like four thousand stamps on a couch. You should. (laughs) Yeah. It's well. You want to make sure it goes through U.S. Postal Service. We don't want to use other companies. But uh, and I'm sure they have another way of doing it. But I always (laughs) say stamps. But like you know, Amazon, IKEA, Wayfair, Home Depot, Big Lots, Walmart, all of these, anything that's any furniture packed in a flat box is probably a good way you know that it's fast furniture because there isn't a piece of wood like there should be a piece of wood bigger than the thickness of that box you ever (laughs) see how they pack that stuff it's i'm an engineer and i'm wowed by it. it's only eight inches thick but there's a couch in here somewhere (laughs) you know so but that's what it is, is they're just shipping it from one side of the world to the next back and forth and even though they're cheaply made And I mean that value-wise and cost-wise. There is an amazing amount of energy and chemicals and, you know, all these things, glue. Because really what it was is they started with all this waste wood, right? They would make nice furniture. But on the ground, there was chips and pieces and sawdust. And someone had come up with the idea that if we glue it all together, we can make wood-ish type things, right? Yeah. And which was fine. You got to use a little waste. You got to create something, and you still sold another thing. At least it wasn't wasted. Well, over time, a certain person wrote a book called "Green: uh, The Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life." And in that book, oh, there was a cha- Oh, you know, we'll let people Google it. I bet he's have uh, <laughs> some.
1: You know, I, I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. Rumor has it
0: uh, there's a there's a chapter in there that talks about the age of disposability. And as, especially in the United States, they move to this throwaway culture, more of those sold, more of that cheap sawdust off the floor furniture sold than the more expensive, more permanent furniture. Because how many times have you looked at the, you know, your parents have a bed from when they were younger, but the thing is still, you know, rock solid, but it's uglier and sad?
1: Oh, my grandma gave me a nine-foot-long couch when I first oh moved out. It was huge. And it was the velvet where it was, like, soft one way, but then when you rubbed the other way, it felt like a cat's <laughs> tongue. It was really gross. And it was orange and blues. It, it was hideous. That was the most... Comfortable couch I've ever owned. I loved I slept on that couch a lot because it was more comfortable than my bed.
0: Was it heavy and hard to move? Oh, yeah. It had a, it
1: even had a pull out, um, pull out bed in it. And I got cussed out by my brothers when I asked them to help me move it to my third story apartment.
0: <laughs> the same, well, third story. I'll say the same brother who was totally cool with moving a piano.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, a lot. That- that says a lot about the couch um, yeah it
1: was it was heavy
0: <laughs> but that's because it was made of wood and, well and mm-hmm. that one is uh, also steel but yeah most of that furniture is made to last. the problem is our taste changes
1: yeah and really onto the orange
0: no I mean it's some, <laughs> and and no one ever thinks hey, maybe I'll go find someone to reupholster this. Because because we've moved to this throw it away by a new one, throw it away by a new one, there isn't anybody in town that does that job very much anymore. Yeah, no, you know, that,
1: that's really true because I am on um, a couple like Facebook woodworking pages and a lot of people who, you know, do woodworking and build benches and furniture and I mean, you name it, just decor in general, they, you know are always saying how hard it is for them to sell something. And if they do find people interested, the people are always, oh, well, that's just way too much. That's too much money. But they have, you know, real wood, like quality wood and tons of time. And, you know, it's a labor of love on top of that. And Mm -hmm. they just have a real hard time selling it because everyone is into, and their biggest complaint is Amazon.
0: Yeah, it's... uh well and and we have friends and family who complain about things like the company of Amazon but yet will go to Walmart and buy the exact same thing the only difference is they drove right to go <laughs> get it it's it's the same it's quite often the same product because it's you know Sonder who's selling their furniture at both places mm-hmm. so they're buying the same thing they're just having to work for it, it it's not like it used to be when you went to buy furniture, you looked for something that you knew you were going to keep for a long, long time 10, mm-hmm. 20, 30 years. Yeah. You know, but now no one even considers that because it isn't going to last 30 years, it isn't going to last 10 years. And yeah. it's all, and in the United States, I don't think, I've not sold that people want it to last more than 10 years because it's not cute. It doesn't fit the motif. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't flow with the house now. I've made some changes. I have to change the furniture.
1: Yeah. I do feel, though, that there is a uprise in a trend of buying old furniture, quality old furniture, you know, antique stuff and repurposing it. I see a lot of, you know, the reels or the TikToks and stuff like that where, you know, it's kind of become hobbies for Uh, you know uh, typically a lot of women but i see men do it too and i think that's pretty cool that they're taking furniture that they found on the side of the road or that they their grandma handed down to them and then they're repurposing it to look oh it's always looks amazing you know when they're done with it but i think i have noticed that is becoming more of a trend whether that trend will stick around or not is yet to be seen but
0: well, and I think that's a skill you have, too. You like to refurbish and rework a lot of things like that or utilize materials from one thing to build something else, and I appreciate it. I, I never know what you're doing, and I never fully understand it till it's done, but I've learned to nod and smile, and enjoy what, what comes out of this love of labor. Well,
1: if we had a bigger yard and bigger garage, we would have furniture from all over the place. <laughs> every time, every time... I'm driving to work on garbage morning. I'm like, oh, man, I want to pick that up so bad, but I have no place to put it. Oh, man, I want to pick that up so bad, but I have no place to put it. We would probably have a whole warehouse full of people's junk <laughs> that I want to do things to.
0: <laughs> yeah, there is there is a whole segment of people who really enjoy what they what they consider to be antiquing but really what they're doing is looking for something that is a quality enough to rework because yeah. what are you going to do sand down the ikea chair <laughs> no <laughs> it, it will turn into sand it will right. it will the insides will be on the outside very very quickly mm-hmm. you know so you can't exactly take the veneer off and stain the sawdust. So people are looking for things that are still made of wood, but that's becoming harder and harder to find because people aren't buying new pieces. Those yeah. old pieces are becoming, quote-unquote, antiques just for the fact that they're considered rare. To right, have solid they are. Wood. they're
1: harder to find, for sure. They are harder to find.
0: Well, and, and think about this. Furniture, just furniture, 10 million tons of furniture are are put in landfills every year. Oh, wow. So 10 million tons. And and some of that is I got rid of grandma's couch because it's ugly. And some of it is time to swap out the Ikea furniture. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot. That's a lot of waste that goes into that. You know, I think last time, uh, the last show with Fast Fashion, we talked about uh, I'm trying to remember the company. it's like h and m It's one okay. of those big fast fashion companies actually gives away enough or like hundreds of tons of unsold clothes to an energy provider in Switzerland to burn so they can oh, use wow. it for electricity and this wood isn't even getting to do that and right. And if you look at Consumers Energy or any of the major energy providers in the United States, they get to count wood as a, quote-unquote, renewable resource. If you look and say, like, if you go to Consumers Energy, who we use, about 7% of all the energy they provide is, quote-unquote, green or renewable. Of that 7%, more than half of it is wood. Wow. And it makes me wonder, because I don't know, when I was younger, we used to go up north a lot, and you would run across full sections that were just cut down. It looked demolished. It looked desolate. Tree branches on the ground, no wildlife around, you know, just desolate. And I don't know if that was commercial, where parts, you know, the state of Michigan was selling off parts of the forest or if that was something that we, we sold off to the energy provider to allow them to burn as fuel. But I do remember seeing clear cutting up yeah. north as a kid, just kind of watching out the window as we drove. Now, I'm, I'm happy to say that's not something I see anymore up north. I think most of our forests are relatively protected, but I do remember seeing it. Wow, yeah. And with that, like, When it comes to these industries, we cut way more than we can grow, at least speed-wise. And it made me wonder how many trees, like how many trees do we cut down a year? Because I think they rotate regions. Right now, a ton come out of Brazil. The Amazon is just getting chunked out. And the wildlife areas are shrinking very, very quickly. The leadership in that country has, in a sense, is very prideful of the destruction of the Amazon. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, is one of the earth's lungs the oceans being one lung the amazon uh, forest being another a smaller version but another and that current administration prides itself on how much they're ripping it down because to them it's a resource it's money and if they rip it all out they then get land usable land so f- to a uneducated politician who worries about their lifespan only that sounds like a great financial deal.
1: Well, it, and they're probably looking at it in terms of jobs and the economy. In that sense, they're not looking at the overall health and of the people and health of the area.
0: Yeah, no long term thought. It's right now financial gain. It really is what it is. But humans cut about about two point five million trees a day. Wow. Now, a big chunk in South America, large, large swaths in East Asia, Thailand, Korea, places like that. The problem is, is that out of all the trees cut down, 40% of the total is for furniture. Oh, wow. 40% of all the wood cut down in a year is so we can sit on it, lay on it, eat off it, or primarily decoration. Some, some furniture has no purpose. Some furniture is right there by the window.
1: <laughs> and if it were up to you, we would have no decoration furniture and just useful furniture.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm all about functionality. <laughs> but 40% of it, and crazier than all of that, IKEA, IKEA uses 1% of the world's wood supply every year. Oh my, on their own? <laughs> on their own. Holy crap. One percent in their little maze of a store. That you know, <laughs> if you really want the meatballs, you got to finish it out. There's no other. Yeah, there's no other way to get out of an IKEA without a helicopter.
1: I think I've only been there once, and I had such bad anxiety.
0: Well, it's it's literally a rat maze. Like they're, I kind of feel like they're trolling us as we're. I to know what through. their plan
1: is for a fire. No
0: one's going to be able to get out of there. Oh, it's no one's going to know. There's a fire. It's completely <laughs> surrounded with kindling. Right. And they'll have to rope off the neighboring city from the toxic fumes. Right. Because yeah. remember, it's like he- heavy chemical wash, even though there's very little wood. It's like a veneer that they've waxed over, filled with glues and adhesives, with to- like flame-retardant chemicals sprayed into it. We do shows every year about sick building syndrome, because I feel like that's something I want to talk about every single year for the health of a household. And VOCs are the volatile organic compounds, all of that. I always say this word wrong, so you'll get the pick on me too, like Nick did. (laughs) Formaldehyde? Formaldehyde? Yeah, that word. Formaldehyde. I never say it correctly, but (laughs) all of those things go into these processes, and over the next three years, because it's only going to last two and a half, it just off gases in your home. So if uh, yeah. Ikea caught on fire, I, you should probably just evacuate at least a hundred miles in all directions, or at least the right? wind direction. <laughs> but that's part of what we get from sick building syndrome is all this new furniture. Oh, you know, let's, back when it was, when I was a kid, my parents would buy furniture and it would be their furniture for even today. Quite often, right. unless, it did, unless it didn't fit in the next house, which that's why their old bed and stuff is gone. It went, it stayed. It was yeah. done off gassing. Yeah. It, it, when it's there 10, 15, 20 years, move from house to house to house and is still functional you're at least no longer getting the negative health effects from it. But if you're replacing your furniture every two to three to five years, you get a fresh new start on formaldehyde. 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 I have it on the screen here. None of this (laughs) is good. I'm going to get emails about this. Uh, All of these different chemicals are just constantly new. That new car smell, that new furniture smell, that's a toxin.
1: (laughs) And everyone loves that new car. I know. Smell. The,
0: can't we get lameldehyde in a little tree to hang off of our car, you know, uh, mirror? No, very bad. Bad. I should have a squirt bottle. <laughs> And on top of it, now that they're taking perfectly good trees and grinding them into crap wood, Mm -hmm. it's really energy intensive to take what you were going to cut and make into fun shapes and now just grind the crap out of it and turn it into sawdust so that you can glue it and do all these things because then it's cheaper, Mm -hmm. but it shouldn't be because you're using three and four and five times more energy now.
1: Well, and I will tell you too, you can also see like even. Gosh, even in the last like handful of years the you were talking about um they can't grow trees as fast as mm-hmm. you know they cut them down you can tell in the wood quality that they're not they're cutting the trees down too young like if you if you and not saying that they necessarily should cut the trees down but if you were to build A quality furniture, and let's say that what's we have an oak out, or no, a maple. We have a maple out back. Mm -hmm. That maple is so old. If you were to cut that down, that wood would be pristine, some amazing wood. But they're trying so desperately to replace these trees and are growing them as quick as they can. And as soon as they get to a point of okay, we can cut it, they cut it, and the you can tell in the quality of even wood. For someone who is building a deck or building furniture or any of that, even even that quality of wood is less than it used to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see so, it in all of our big box stores when you try to go get pieces of wood from a Home Depot or Lowe's yeah. or Menards, It's like buying you know wood sponges. They're yeah. they're twisted. They're if you leave it outside for any length of time, it just turns into like a circle. Um, <laughs> And yeah. that's, because, that's because they cut down all these hardwoods, mm-hmm. and in order to get a tree to come back faster, as if all trees are the same, they move to softwoods. Softwoods are not as dense, obviously, from the name yep. soft, and they grow quicker. That's But even in
1: that, you're not getting, even in moving to the softwoods, you're not getting a quality build, even if you built it by yourself, because those do break quicker or easier. I shouldn't say quicker; they break easier. I don't know how to explain this, but when I'm, I started out working with pine, and it is a softer wood. And I did that because one, it's cheaper; one, it's softer; and two, I could get it. There's a lot of wood that goes through my work with like pallets and stuff like that, but there's also stacking wood they use and it breaks easier when you screw it together so even in them switching to the softer wood it causes for not as quality of a material but at least it isn't the Pressboard board
0: and isn't the well it's all part of the single use concept yep. like they don't want to go to oak it costs too much i'm not going to use it again they're not building these boxes and shipping them back and forth they're building these pallets and shipping them back and forth mm-hmm. they're using crap wood knowing that when they go to drill a hole through it it's going to go right through it it's going to get yep. the item from point a to point b one time so all of that wood existed for that one transit.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's it. Yeah. So so when we look at how much wood we're using, a hundred and fifty billion dollar industry, when we look at ten million tons in landfills, it's because no one ever plans to reuse a thing sec- a second time. Mm-hmm. And if they could get pressboard to hold a diesel engine, you'd have press board. <laughs> yeah. So it is it is quite literally working ourselves backward again into that disposability. It's easier to, quote, unquote, throw something away and get something cheap than it is to do it right. And that's one of the well, things I, I do at would...
1: work. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: it's one, well, it's one of the things I do at work is I'm constantly looking for ways to get rid of cardboard. Yes. I want my suppliers to not use cardboard. Yes, we're using plastic bins but we're moving them back and forth we're consistently using the same ones we're very rarely replacing them and i spend a lot of time convincing a lot of people that in the long run it's better because everybody looks at 90 day payoff one year payoff that is it
1: yeah we yeah. we do at work try to um reuse pallets obviously there are certain instances where you know i mean these engines are two and three thousand pounds and so sometimes they just straight up break the wood but (laughs) if if a pallet is reusable we definitely reuse it if it's a couple pieces are broke i've i've brought pallets home i'm not a huge fan of working with pallets though they are a pain in the butt to cut up but or a lot of the guys will use them for their bonfires and stuff like that if they're broken ones but we try i mean they're I mean, aside from the fact that it's a wasteful thing just to throw away a pallet, it's very expensive.
0: (laughs) Well, we hear all these stats of all this wood and how much is going to landfills. But just the fact that we throw it away means we need more. Right. Instead Instead of reusing something. Now, I will say that I'm sure that as people here that you're working at a diesel repair shop let's remember the collective gasp that happens I know. there that you, you yeah. are in the business of refurbishing them
1: yes yes we are <laughs> we are
0: people aren't disposing of the engine and just getting another one your no. your job is to make the old one work again
1: yes yes we, but, we make them, we make them just like they're brand new you know but we're using the same core and mm-hmm. you know fixing that up i still not insanely sustainable situation but i I just do the paperwork
0: (laughs) (laughs) fair enough the other part of this because we throw away so much and we don't reuse it or find a use we create loss of habitat like when i talked about looking out the window as a kid there wasn't a lot of wildlife left it looks desolate when you get a clear-cut area Oh yeah. Oh, and then they got to go through, and they they take heavy machinery to rip up all the stumps and burn them in a pile, then spread the ash back and replant. It's it just destroys everything. So every it doesn't matter if it's in Brazil or the or in Michigan or in South Korea, all these harvesting locations are having these habitats destroyed and i understand there's a certain segment of people who go hey we need it everybody move i don't care but those that wildlife is part of a chain that can affect people also when there isn't a place for bees to have a home and it's just this desolate area good luck having a farm
1: yeah well and uh, and that's the thing like people may say oh it's happening in Brazil, but that still affects us here. It's, you know, there is the one, the food chain, but then also just the oxygen in itself, you know, that we get from trees. Like that is a huge, like you said, the lung of the world or one of the lungs of the world. That's a big, that's a big deal. You know, it, it does affect us even if we can't, you know, see it happening right next to us. It still affects everyone everywhere
0: and it's much more widespread than people think there's actually timber theft there are people that? timber theft so it starts with kia buys a ton of timber which we've already discussed one percent of all the wood in the world that goes to furniture but they do a program where they say it's quote unquote certified timber where countries red mark trees that say this one is at the end of its life cycle or it maybe it has disease but can still be used and those are the only trees that they're getting. But the the individuals they hire are kind of piratey, if you will, and they will sneak onto state land, federal land, different places, cut trees in the middle of the night, drag them out, and then red mark them themselves. They're tree pirates? They're tree pirates. That is literally what they are. They they there is a whole industry. Do they cut it with their hook? No, no, they it's oh. a whole process with saws. But there's it, it's so it's in such demand that there are people who risk their lives because there's people on property who try to stop them and then these are people who this is their livelihood in developing nations where they're stealing trees, red marking them and selling them. Oh, wow. So there is a very, especially in South Korea, in the Philippines, in Malaysia, and in Brazil, there is tree theft, a ton of tree theft, just to fill the market gaps for cheap garbage furniture. Oh, wow. So that's a thing. That's, that's interesting. A, <laughs> so there's a, I think there's a Netflix series about it, actually. <laughs> I'm sure I'm surprised Not you haven't well, I don't think it's called that, but I think it should be. It should, um,
1: definitely should be.
0: It's, but these are, the, the widespread effects move well beyond the habitats, on top of the fact that the reason why we're getting it inexpensive from the other side of the world with twice as many processes and a hell of a lot more energy use is because we're using exploit labor yeah and and I can tell you because I work in corporate atmospheres they don't even say it I mean they don't even hide it anymore where that you quote unquote resource to an LLC I'm sorry LCC and that's low cost country oh that there are countries now that are developing nations that they classify because of lack of regulation or no minimum wage or whatever it happens to be as desirable. Manufacturing locations, low cost countries. Wow!
1: So, and I'm super, I'm super torn on. I mean, that's a whole other thing, but I'm super torn on that because if you take that away from them and say, nope, we can't use those countries, that you're also taking food out of those people's mouths. You know, it's kind of an ugly, vicious cycle.
0: Yeah. That, well, an industry always has been. Right, they've always said that industry breeds wealth to the middle class or breathes life into the middle class, but it usually takes a lot of dead people to get to that point. It's a lot of, a lot yeah. of exploitation, a lot of loss of life, a lot of people and families destroyed before they finally stand up and say no more mm-hmm. they and, you know, things like unionizing or just even working together for walkouts, that it takes a long time to go from exploitation to middle class.
1: Right. So
0: you're right. There's there's some issues there that I'm not real fond of either because take it away, what little is there is gone.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. But
0: really, should we be doing it? No. Right. I mean, you know, small children do not need to be making clothing and furniture. No, they don't. (laughs) They need to enjoy youth (laughs) because you get, trust me, you get plenty of time to work later, you know? So it is, it's very widespread from social issues to environmental issues to economic issues, all of that because of that cheap bookshelf in the corner where the nails have ripped out the bottoms of the shelves.
1: Yeah. It's a lot deeper than just your piece of crap furniture.
0: Well, and it escalated during COVID. Yeah. And I know there's segments of people who said giving away, quote unquote, free money, which, by the way, not free money, part of your taxes, you know, caused all all this grief. But it wasn't for them. They wanted us just to buy stuff. You know, it's part of the economy. It has to help. But during COVID-19, more things were bought and more things were shipped than ever before the infrastructure in those shipping situations that really Amazon (laughs) one is very robust to the point now where if I need something, I can probably get it from Amazon quicker than, than I would have the motivation to go get it locally. And that's a problem. Right. (laughs) This
1: whole new two day shipping
0: thing, not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) And we're getting close to the end here, but, Nearly 20% of furniture that's delivered is damaged in the process of shipping. Of that, 20% of that is still kept by the person because of their wonderful discount, and they just angle it a different direction to hide the damage or fix it themselves. But another 50% of that is just thrown on a pile, shrunk, wrapped together, and sold in bulk as damaged goods and some of it about 30% is so damaged goes to the landfill.
1: So, so did
0: reach a house. Never reached a well it got there, but it probably got thrown up the steps or something or fell yeah. down something or got damaged in the truck. And what happens? So think about that just for a second. We take a tree, we turn it into sawdust and in chunks. We run it in this huge vat with glues and formaldehyde.
1: For Mel, for Mel, it's for Mel. Oh, there now you remember it. So
0: it's got to go through this process laid out into sheets, dried. There's usually some trimming and cutting that is still done. You have all the, all the cardboard and styrofoam, all the packaging, all the things that they do to get that for all the design work. All the screws, the little dowels, everything that goes with Mm -hmm. it, packaged pretty, put into a box that seems to be 8 inches by 12 inches somehow. (laughs) Shipped from one side of a sphere to the other side of a sphere. So a person who's not happy with their job, drop kicks it onto your porch and damages it. So you can say, I don't want this anymore, which, by the way, it's going to get shipped back to the other side or wherever the closest warehouse is for that company money shifting hands back and forth the original company being the one who gets screwed out of it and then thrown away Mm, yeah it was never an end table all it was was a heavy thing that someone moved from one side of the planet to the other
1: i like the little toaster that couldn't
0: yeah It's, I don't think I read that. I think mine was a train, but
1: the toaster was a, a brave little toaster.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not one I've had. Um, all right, then. But, but that's the part for because, you know, me with embodied energy and thinking about all that. So, of all those trees that we cut down, all that stuff that's happening, all that, what did I say, 10 million tons, a huge chunk of that, because 30% of everything we build never stays in a home. It just gets done and shipped to the landfill through the longest Uh possible route. So
1: what are things that we can do? What are
0: changes we can make? Well, some of that is simply normalizing reuse. Yeah. So you're the fad that you're talking about. Actually, I I did read that Gen Z is notorious for wanting old things to be refurbished Mm -hmm. and recreated and fixed. That. Obviously is number one is that if you're going to purchase something, try to do it secondhand first. Is there something out there? You probably got a family member who has something in the garage they don't even want in the garage. Can it be used? Does it fit what you want? Can you refurbish it so it does fit what you want? The 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 American way seems to go, I want that. And it used to be immediately hop in your car, go to a big box store, get it, and come home. Now it's, I want that. You bring up the web browser, you point at it, it comes on two days. Yeah. That's the stuff. Is that, like, the desk I'm at right now is your mom's old desk. Yeah. You know, find it. yeah, by the way. Probably. I don't no, know. No, it
1: is. I'm you telling know, you. Oh,
0: good. Oh, good. <laughs> Thanks for being part of the 1%, bud. Um, <laughs> but at least it's still here. It didn't get thrown out. But that's the goal is to, and if you have furniture that you do not want, don't bin it. Don't put it in that forever pile. Just find a, f- find another home. Find another use. Find another well, person.
1: A lot of times, like I said, in my 20s, I lived off of a hand-me-down And I mean, some of it was fast furniture. I mean, I think my first end tables were those tiny Walmart ones that were like plastic and fake wood. But like, like I said, my grandma gave me my couch and my mom gave me my table and my table and chairs and, you know, hand hand me down stuff. I, I have every time I have, I think I've gotten rid of two couches in my life because, yeah, two couches in my life. And they were bought for like 20 bucks from like the most ecstatic college student Like to have a couch. <laughs> They're like, yes, I don't have to have, like play my video games on my beanbags anymore. You know, I
0: mm-hmm. mean,
1: even if you think it's hideous and oh my God, nobody's going to want to use this. There is some broke college student that's going to be thrilled with it.
0: Well, and maybe I was in college at the age of 36, 37, 38, mm-hmm. but there's sometimes just broke me's that need something. There's, yeah, yeah. there's always someone who can use it. So let's say yeah. you're financially stable and you don't need the $10 or you're not going to sell something for $5. Give it away. Mm-hmm. Just give it away. Yeah. Give, it, give it to someone who will use it. Give it to a friend. Give it to a family member. They will appreciate it. Give it to the crafty one. There's a crafty one in every circle. Let them craft something amazing from it. Just don't let it go to the trash.
1: Another really good idea (laughs) is a trend that my brothers and I started. And we um, will go around our mom and stepdad's house with sticky notes. And we will write our name on a sticky note and then stick it to whatever furniture, like on the back. So like mom doesn't see it till she moves the furniture. We stick it to whatever furniture that we want or TVs or any of that. So we like claim it with our sticky notes. So when she goes to like, I think I'm going to redecorate. She knows who to call because whoever's sticky note name is on there knows that's who the next hammy down is going to. I'm all about it. It's aggressive. It is an aggressive situation. (laughs) Sometimes sticky notes get moved and fights get started.
0: See, (laughs) that's the difference in your household. It happens so often. You guys picked a method, yeah. <laughs> to be able to get the items in which that are being swapped out. Where in my family, that old farm family, the sticky note will wear out before we get rid of the furniture. Right.
1: The pen will be off of the sticky note. <laughs> yeah,
0: it you, you won't even be able to see the writing. Oh, you, you t- know, so you it's tell Barbara,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna start bringing sticky
0: notes. <laughs> yeah. She's going to go, okay, well, we're not getting rid of it, so (laughs) I'll let you know. Uh, Usually, if the couch breaks and we can't get it fixed, then uh... (laughs) that's what I love about sustainability. It's not a unique idea. It's what grandpa did. And that's really all it is, is that we have to get away from this 80s learned disposability. And that's just ingrained in us. It's it's not that we've never been more sustainable as a society. It's just we were tricked into playing a commercial game. Yeah,
1: and, and that that I feel like a lot of that started with like the eighties and nineties is when a lot of that started with fast furniture, fast fashion. Where it started it, to get real fast furniture and fast fashion. It started to get really big. The buy 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 scenarios started to really take off in that, yeah.
0: those eras. It was the mid-80s. Mid-80s mm-hmm. is when we opened up trade with China and allowed inexpensive goods from other nations to come to the United States really for the first time. It used to be when you got something from China like your plates, It was it was something we didn't even eat on. Yeah it was it was expensive and it sat in a, another very very armored of wood cu- you know cupboard or cabinet and we didn't even use them because it came well, from China it, it was, was exotic. for
1: special guests only and you must not have been special enough
0: Right that changed <laughs> in the 80s that changed very much in the 80s when we opened up free trade and and inexpensive goods flowed in at high rates and that is when disposability became a thing. And now you couple that with a change in how we acted in media, how we acted in entertainment, the movies of Wolf of Wall Street, the quote, greed is good. This this mentality of mine, mine, mind," coupled with the same period of time, mm-hmm. it created a generation who would be offended if I told them not to throw something out and buy another one. Right. That you're not—it's it, almost like you're not a good American if you're not spending every nickel that comes into you. Right. You know th- that <laughs> commercialism is more important than family almost, and which is what our holidays have become. And we'll get to those later in the season. But
1: <laughs> I'm going to set that one out. <laughs> but
0: it's, but that's really that's that era. That's that period of time yeah. when yeah. all of that changed. But anyways. I think we've kind of covered Fast Furniture pretty well. I think we've talked about a lot of the pieces and a lot of the things, at least the basic knowledge. And that's pretty much all I had today. So first of all, thank you, everybody, for listening. We always greatly appreciate it. I I appreciate everybody dealing with our new cadence that we're not doing these every week. Unfortunately, life has made it to where that's not necessarily possible every time. I will always try to do a little more, but as of right now, we're sticking to every other week. Uh, so I appreciate the patience. No one has sent me any kind of major threats, so I guess we're okay with it. But I want to make sure everybody knows that we appreciate it. Also, if you enjoy the show, please take the time to click a like. Maybe forward to a friend that you think would like this show. Do these little things, because they do help us out. If you want to support us... And you don't necessarily want to do it financially, do it this way. This is just as good for us. So we do appreciate it when we see shares or we see you know, likes or comments, because the more we interact, the better, especially with the fun little algorithms and all the social media sites. And remember, really, all we're trying to do is get a little bit better, little bit, little bit, big bit. I'm Mike. I'm Jameson. And at least I will see you in two weeks. I'll
1: see you later sometime
0: right bye
1: (laughs) bye bye